Live from Gil Silva Family Studio in Salinas, California, the salad bowl of the world. Welcome to the podcast designed to inspire the only one built with ganas. You're going to work harder than you ever worked before. And the only thing I ask from you is ganas, desire, haircut. If you don't have the ganas, I will give it to you because I'm an expert. From the founders of Gill Basketball Academy that empowers youth to play hard, work hard, study hard, and overcome obstacles. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. Real interviews with real people about real life. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And now it's time for Ghana's Leading from the Heart. This episode was sponsored by Plaza Properties. Plaza Properties and Dan O'Brien have managed departments in Salinas since the 1980s. Plaza Properties believes in the mission of the Gill Basketball Academy and is proud to contribute to our podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ghana's Leading from the Heart. I am Jose Gill, coach teacher, father, husband, and a lifelong believer in ganas, which translates to desire. Today, as my co-host, I am excited, beyond excited, to have my nephew, an amazing young man who will be attending UCLA University this coming fall, here for the summer, grew up in our academy, played in our academy, played for me at the high school, had an amazing career, and uh, now is going to be nationally known for being a host on a podcast. How do you feel, J.D.? It's an honor to be on here, you know. Um, I'm blessed, but uh, this is my first time on the pod, but it's not going to be my last, and see how many times I can stop by throughout the summer. You never know. You know, ESPN could be your calling, and you change <laughs> major um, from nuclear physics to communications one day. Who knows? Be the next Stephen A. Smith. We'll there we time. go. Today on the show, we're excited to have uh, a good friend of mine, someone I respect, I admire, um, I am a fan of, have been since, since day one, but now as, uh, colleagues, as we could say, right, both, both athletic directors, um, I get to see her work on a daily basis and, uh, I'm just in awe trying to learn, always trying to pick up a nugget or two from her, um, because she truly has, uh, transformed the career of athletic director, not only here in Salinas or in California or on the West Coast, J.D., she's she's nationally re- renowned. Um, everywhere we go, uh, they know her. And so we're excited to have her on the pod this this day. Um, Jean Ashen, welcome to Ganas, Leading from the Heart. Well, thank you, Jose. It's going to be hard to live up to that one. And J.D., uh, congratulations on becoming a Bruin. Both of my nephews graduated from UCLA. Thank Very you, special place. You. I greatly appreciate, appreciate that. Thank you. So, um, Gene, you know, um, welcome. And can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, your family, your upbringing, um, your education and kind of what you're doing right now, your career. So I followed this a lot about about the same path as Jose. Um, I moved to Salinas when I was seven months old and I've been a lifelong Salinas person. I left for about 15 years after high school um, and came back here in 1992. But um, I graduated from North Salinas in 1976, came back in 92, and I've been here since then. Taught health, taught physical education, uh, boys and girls athletic director, 
Um, I'm the oldest of five that went through North Salinas High School here. So we have a proud Viking tradition and both of our daughters graduated from here also, which has made it even more special. Uh, it's a very special place um, to me. Uh, uh, like Jose says, I'm a mom too, a, a coach, an AD, a sister, um, friend, and I consider the relationship with the four other people in this district, uh, those four other athletic directors to be family. I think that has been one of the benefits of the pandemic is really getting to spend more time with each other, even though it was virtually, and really do some great things for our district. So um, a proud Salinas uh, resident, and I'm looking forward to the interview today. That, that, that was great, Gina. And let's talk about what really stood out to me there is mom. You know, uh, just because we're gonna talk about all your accolades, your accomplishments, your your awards, um, but being a mom, right? And having your, your daughters grow up in your system at the school where you implemented, where you, you know, changed the, the, the culture of the athletic program and your daughter's well, having a successful yeah. career, right? Yeah. There's, well, there's nothing like family, right, Jose? Um, yeah. We all know, and you've got your daughter coming into Alisal this, this year as a freshman. Um, but having those two here for those six years, it's considered, I put them all together because um, they overlapped for a couple. But, uh, you know, our oldest went through as athlete of the year. She was valedictorian. Um, my mother says her her brilliance comes from her. It skips a generation. So it's probably true. <laughs> um, I'm sure your parents feel the same way. Um, um, and then Riley coming through and going to Sac State and uh, rowing, um, something that, you know, you get that letter every year. I know you get it too from the colleges that say, hey, do you have any tall athletes that um, maybe aren't playing a sport that they played in high school? What about rowing? And she, she did it for a couple of years at Sac State and really enjoyed that too. But uh, there's nothing better, I think, than watching your children at the same place that you're at. Um, now being a grandmother of there two we granddaughters. Go. I, I was going there next. You know yeah, I was going now, there. Now now having two granddaughters, is I, if I would have known how much granddaughters, how much fun they were, <laughs> and um, we are expecting a grandson in August. So um, it's pretty exciting. The girls, you, you know, you just watch and you're amazed. At, um, they're such a better mother than I ever was. Um, you know, this place has been my life. Um, they grew up here, you know, no shoes, no, no, no jackets. I tell people they were around here somewhere. Um, but I, I know that they uh, must have learned something because they are just both wonderful mothers and to watch them with their daughters is, is just such a special time. Well, you know, they had someone to look up to, you know, so uh, we always want what's, we want our kids to be do better than us, right? That's that's always the goal. And when they accomplish things that we did, it you know, it's just so gratifying. But let's dive more into your journey as an athlete growing up. Um, how was your experience, and and did it ultimately affect your life in the position you are now as an athletic director of a high school? So I I can honestly say I really don't think I'd have this job if um, something hadn't happened my freshman year of high school. So. I just got my Sports Illustrated. I got a few of the magazines. It's got the Title IX covers on there. And Title IX changed my life and I think changed the life of a lot of people, um, men and women, not just women. But uh, we had a lot of allies um, that passed that law in 1972. My freshman year, I know JD probably can't believe this, but my freshman year of high school, I played on the blacktop. 
we were not allowed in a gym. And there was a girls' gym and a boys' gym. And the girls' gym had all the gymnastics equipment. There was a balance beam and uneven bars and a a uh, rope to the ceiling, a trampoline, um, all that was in the girls' gym. So you didn't do anything in the girls' gym other than those things. And um, so my freshman year, we played outside. And by my sophomore year, we were allowed in a gym. And by my junior year, we were in the main gym. There was no longer a, a girls' gym and a boys' gym. But back then, one in 27 girls played high school sports. And today, less than one in three play high school sports. So Title IX made a huge impact in our participation numbers. We still have a ways to go when it comes to equity and in, in, in many things um, throughout our country. I believe that's true for so many, so many different groups of people. Um, but that Title IX changed my life and put me on the trajectory where I am to become an athletic director. My, my first day of high school, I told, it might not be my first day, my first day of high school, I ended up in the locker room. That's a long story. But the, <laughs> I told the girl's athletic director, I said, you know, someday I'm going to have your office, Miss Maycumber. And she was like, oh, sure, Jeannie. Oh, Whoa. sure, Jeannie. And then um, Mrs. Silvera then became the athletic director, who was my coach. So both of them were my teachers and coach. And North Salinas turned 63 this year, turned 64 this year, like I do. And I'm the third woman in 64 years to be wow. in this position. So that's that's continuity. And it's it's really shows the historical perspective and the pride um, that people have in our in our in our site. You know, and, and to dive, dive a little further into Title IX, because I know when we go to conferences together, and uh, you are the you are the go-to person <laughs> in Title IX, and and I say this respectfully because not just you're, because you're 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 a female, um, just because the knowledge you have of it, right? And uh, many of us, like for example, I reflect and say, okay, how could I, how could I, you know, get more female coaches at our school, right? How can I get female coaches to coach female sports or even a, a men's sport, right? And so you always reflect and, and we always are trying to get better, right? Because that's what we do, right? Anything for kids, right? Um, but like in your personal experience at, at the school, when, you, when you're told, hey, I'm going to take your job one day, I'm going to have that office one day. I mean, you said it jokingly and innocently. It, it wasn't like you were thinking you were better than them. It was just kind of like, I want to be like you, right? Um, Correct. But how did Title IX help you in your, because I know you played college basketball as well, right? And we, we haven't talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, and I think um, when I went to, so Title IX happened when I, I mean, I was living Title IX. I am the poster child. I was a freshman in 1972. And then when I went to college, it was 1976. Things weren't that different. The NC2A had not taken over women's sports yet at the collegiate level. So I played AIAW. Went to Cal State Fullerton. I was recruited to go to there. I, that basketball coach at, at Cal State Fullerton had just come back from the Olympics in, in Montreal. And um, I met her at a basketball camp, a John Wooden camp. Uh, John Wooden was the first camp that opened up to girls. And so I said to my mom and dad, hey, you know, I'm six foot two. Um, I want to go play. I want to go to basketball camp. And they said, all right, we'll take you down to San Diego. We loaded up the station wagon, took the five kids and they went to the SeaWorld and the zoo, San Diego Zoo and the animal park. And they did all that. And I went to Point Loma College and, and did a week of basketball camp with John Wooden that changed my life. Uh, Billy Moore was my basketball coach there and her assistant, Colleen Matsuhara. Um, and that's how I ended up at Cal State Fullerton. And you had to try out 
for the team. So they had two levels of team. And I was one of three freshmen who played on that team that year that ended up going to nationals. I played behind an All-American center who had just come back from the Olympics. Um, and those experience, and my first paper in college was on Title IX, was the impact. So it's not just about the impact that it's having today, but it's the ripple effect. And I think what's happened is, I wish I could say I've done a better job. We, I don't, we don't have enough female coaches at North Salinas High School. Um, we continue to look for ways to um, get ki more kids involved. We've expanded. We expanded to boys volleyball. You know that this, yeah. um, these last yeah. four years because of the interest. Um, I think we're accommodating all the interest of our females, but I'd love to see our numbers get better and our coaching staff um, become more like that. And it's one thing to model it. It's another one to be really provide the resources. And I think with the Title IX anniversary this year, we've seen some more things that we can do, becoming more family friendly. Um, I remember, you know, Margie used to hold Julia and Riley on the bench when Bill and I were coaching volleyball together. You know, that's who watched them was the athletic director. Um, and so looking for ways to support moms and aunts and, and cousins and other people who want to get involved, I think is really going to be on the forefront of my plate this year for my 2022-23 goals. All right, Gene, you know, as a youth, uh, basketball camps are kind of an every, every week thing for us, you know, uh, especially with GBA. And I just want to know more about the John Wooden camp you attended, you know, how was it? Was it like pretty equitable with the with the girls and the and the boys? How was that experience for you and how did it help you? Like you said, changed your life. Yeah, it definitely. Um, well, I, John Wooden is, uh, you can see behind me, is one of my legends. Um, he, uh, it's true, he spent a lot of time teaching us how to put on socks. <laughs> that is what he's known for, um, his attention to detail. But that's where I learned about the pyramid of success. That's where I learned about interaction. Um, I went to private school for eight years and I wanted to go to a, a private high school. My parents wouldn't let me. They wanted their oldest to go to North Salinas High School to be around a diverse group of people. And I think that really changed the trajectory of my life too. Um, because if I had gone to that private school, I don't think I'd be doing the same types of things. And it was an all girls school. Um, and so going to John Wooden camp changed my life. The next year I went, I asked my parents to go again and I went and it was John Wooden and Bill Sharman, a Laker coach, the Lakers coach at the time. Um, and just seeing um, different people from all over the, you know, the state made things different for me, right? Because I had different roommates in college. I had Protestant roommates, black roommates, Hispanic roommates. Um, I had d different types of people that I got to deal with. And I think camp opened your eyes to that. Um, I scored my career high in Poly Pavilion. I laughed because eventually, but um that was the first place I stood up tall at six foot four now and had water coming down on the top of my head in Poly Pavilion because the showers were so high. Um, but it, he, when John Wynn came to see us, he came to see us UMB um, for an evening with the legends with Pete Newell. And uh, he still remembered me from camp. He had signed Julia's one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish book at Poly Pavilion when he was at a game one time when I was down there. Went to a lot of games down there when I was coaching at UC Irvine. So Poly Pavilion was one of probably one of my favorite places to be. And I'm excited that you'll get to spend some time in there. Awesome. Awesome. You know, when I go through Poly Pavilion, Pavilion now, I'll think of Gene Ashton when I'm in there. <laughs> so, um, tall showers. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, kind of going back to your athletic director times, uh, what has been your proudest moment as an athletic director through all the laughs, all the good times and whatnot? 
But um, also your biggest challenge, because you know there is a lot of hardships that I see, see my uncle go through, and being an athletic director isn't easy, but it also looks extremely fun. So, what is your proudest moment and challenge? Yeah, when I when you gave me the questions, um, and I saw those two, I was I was really trying to reflect if there's like actually one specific moment, and um, I'm definitely not the basketball one one moment in time. Um, I really believe watching kids when they come to you as a freshman and they're 13, 14 years old, and when you watch them walk down that aisle is probably the most pride that I see and the biggest growth um, from that freshman to to senior year. I mean, there are proud moments that I can remember, championships. um, 2010, uh, we won our uh, CCS Girls Basketball Championship and Julia, our daughter was on that team. So as a mother and as an athletic director, that was a really extremely proud moment. But watching our football teams, our cross country teams, tennis, every one of those kids, watching them grow into young adults, I think is by far the biggest um, thing that warms my heart. When it comes to biggest challenge, um, I think Jose would agree with me is time. Time is the biggest challenge because it's such an overwhelming job and you just have so many different people to deal with. You're dealing with student athletes, you're dealing with parents, you're dealing with coaches. Um, All of this takes place starting at about two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, So that's when your off-campus coaches are coming in and practices are starting up and contests. So I think time is the biggest challenge. I always said if I had the perfect job, I would come in at 11 um, in in a district. You can't do that in a public school district because you're you're a union employee. However, um, working starting at 11 might've been a little bit easier. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge. It's always going to be the biggest challenge. I think, um, being full-time has helped, but it's still an overwhelming, um, job. Of course. And you know, when you hear the, the term athletic director here in the community, you think of Gene Ash and you think of Jose Gill, you know, it's, it, it's, it looks like a fun job, honestly. And we, as the youth see it and we're like, dang, I'd love to, talk about sports all day and get to plan things because it's so cool. But um, what do you think is maybe your strongest asset as an AD? You know, it could be your ability to plan things, communicate. What do you think that is? Well, the two things I wrote down on your on your question here is I wrote communication and organization. I think those two things are so important. There's so many more different ways to communicate now. I mean, what, who would have thought we would be talking through a computer, right? We're not, we could be miles apart. Um, and so I think communication is extremely important. We are not just education-based athletics. There's nothing better than it. Um, and then you have to be organized. If you're not organized, you're not going to last very long in this job. Most, unfortunately, most athletics, Athletic directors um, stop after three to five years. Um, So Jose and I are kind of unique in the fact that we've been doing this an awful long time, but we have a very supportive superintendent and board of trustees and union who allows us to do this job. um, And so many other places don't have that. um, And so that I think has contributed to the longevity of of the athletic directors that you see in our district. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, what advice could you maybe have for the parents that are passionate about their kids' success and they want to see them grow and whatnot? Um, but at times that can cross the fine line of being too involved, you know, like having a parent that is like kind of riding as a backpack. And I'm glad I'm glad you're answering this one, Gene, because I don't have this problem. 
Fuck not. No. Jose doesn't have that. Challenge. You Remember, know, Jose, challenge. We don't use the P word. Exactly. We don't use, we don't use the P word. You know, um, that, that's, the but you know what? I wrote down for you. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear this one because this is this happens to all of us, right? It's, yeah. it's the, so universal. The answer I wrote down for you, J.D., was that, you know, every parent loves their kids. Every parent wants what's best for their kid. And so I think we... I'm going to say as the athletic director and coaches, we all, first of all, need to remember that is that we want what's best for the kids. The parents want what's best for the kids, right? We both want what's best for the kids. However, the parents have a very much more invested uh, perception of that, right? So I think what we have to remember as we're talking to parents and we're talking to other kids is kids have to find their own path. Kids need to become advocates for themselves. And I think what has happened, one of, I think, uh, I think this is a negative factor is that um, having your parent always talking for you, having your parent um, communicate with a teacher or uh, you're not happy at a, at a store with a product. Um, I think one of the things we did as parents that I am proud of, Bill and I, is that we made sure that our children advocated for themselves. Hey, you, your grade is not right. Then you go up to the teacher and you don't say, hey, why didn't you grade my paper? You say, uh, Mrs. Smith, could you please clarify for me my grade right now? And then you see, oh, there's an assignment missing. Oh, I turned that in, Mrs. Smith. Can I show it to you? Yes. Oh, oh that was my mistake. I've got it right? As opposed to just assuming that things are negative all the time. I, I totally believe I am the, the glass half full is probably, it's almost always full with me, I believe. Um, but we have to assume positive intent um, with parents and with our community. And most parents just want to have their time. They just want to be able to vent, get it out, and then let's move on. Yeah. Um, our coaches spend time. Our coaches, I, when parents say, well, you know, you should play my child to win. I say to them, every coach wants to win. They are doing the best they can to have that winning product out on the court, on the pool, in the wherever they are on the field. Do you think they would purposely not play your child if they thought that child would help them win? So I think it's important for parents to know that, but there's also standards. And if your child is the star or your child is really good, however, they can't meet the standards of that coach, well, then they're going to have a job someday that if they can't meet those standards, they won't have it. So I think it's just a balancing act between the parents, the coaches, and everybody involved because everybody does want, want what's best for the kids. However, parents, we all, you know, those, those children are our pride and joy. So um, it is a struggle, but I think we, as long as we keep the channels of communication open, I think it works better. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, as we both know, um, when we do our extracurricular activities nights, when we introduce our freshmen that are coming in, right, parents, we meet them for the first time and they get the awakening of this is what high school sports is about. This is what we expect from you. I mean, we both are on the same page here when we say our favorite slide is when we say, you know what, parents? Besides the fees, the regulations, transportation, eligibility, bottom line, you know, make sure you're communicating with your kids. Ask them the simple question. Are you, you know, are you having fun, right? I enjoyed watching you play today. 
they know the outcome, whether they won or lost. And if obviously when they lose, they don't feel good. But when a parent does the simple things of saying, you know, I just loved your effort today, your ganas, right? It goes a long way, right? And that's our moment to kind of connect with them, right? To kind of ease the moment and say, we all want to win. Coaches are out there to win. We practice to win, but we don't always win, right? And so I, I really loved uh, your answer uh, because I know we've talked about this so many times, right? And, yeah. and then we all... In, in our district, in the Salinas Union High School, I, I believe we are one strong unit of ADs. And I think we're all on the same page of trying to help our community, our parents to say, to, to be those, uh, let's do it for the right reasons. And I think, you know, it, it reflects, you know, we, we, we're doing an amazing job, I believe, right? Yeah, in I my agree. Opinion. So um, just to wrap up the show, Gina, it's uh, Ganas is the name of our show, and you exemplify that perfectly as a leader, a role model, uh, just a great human being in your community and in and, and the entire Salinas, uh, the city of Salinas. What advice would you have for the our podcast listeners, whether they're students, student athletes, or parents, or just community members, um, when it comes to the topic of Ganas and desire? So, I mean, it's such a, it's such a wonderful word, right? Um, it's just a word that really inspires and brings hope. Um, and I think education-based athletics is such a special time. Those four years of high school are going to be forever imprinted on your heart. Um, and you don't want to be at the end of that time and say, wow, I wish I would have given more effort in that practice. Wow, I wish I would have let my daughter play without me yelling at her in the stands. Wow, I wish I would have stayed on top of coaching uh, new ideas and things. You don't want to look back and have any regrets. And those four years of high school are going to be something forever that you're going to have. And so make the best of it. Give every single piece of effort that you have. Um, Jose knows what I, one of the things I really believe is blink, being a flashing, blinking neon sign for what you believe in. There should be a sign over the top of my head that when people see me, they say, hey, there's Jean Ashton. She stands for integrity. She stands for Viking pride. She stands for effort. She stands for all of the things that are good about education-based athletics. And that's what we want our kids and our coaches and our communities to understand is that these four years are so special. Let's make positive memories. Not Let's not have those things. I can still remember practices from my high school here. Why? That was 50 years ago when they used to call me the best hooker at North Salinas High School because Mr. Baxter taught me how to shoot a hook shot. Um, you know, those are special moments that you remember for the rest of your life. And those people make a difference to you. Um, and so that's what I think Donis is all about, that desire. Uh, it's been fun having you on the show, Gene. Um, I'm just excited, you know, that it's gonna. this is going to go international. We have people international that listen to our <laughs> podcast, right? And so uh, of we're, we're going to take you beyond the U.S. Uh, but but it, 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 appreciate you being on. Anytime. Yeah. It was great to have JD for his first one. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, and that's our show today. We'd like to thank Gene Ashen uh, for being a special guest on our podcast. Thank you very much. It was an honor talking to you. Uh, You're welcome. From, Thank you for having me. From our GBA family to yours, continue to lead with ganas. If you like this podcast, make sure to check out our other episodes that are relatable and inspiring. 
Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. My heritage taught me to fight. They move in their brains while they busting their back. My heritage made me a wolf. I'm ready for battles. I leave my pack.